forever. Dog. Vampires are hard to resist. This week on the podcast, Celia Reese's Blood Sinister. Welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA Pulp Fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And this week we are talking about Blood Sinister by Celia Reese. Wow. A point horror unleashed, a.k.a. UK. <laughs> UK point horror. Um, and we liked this one. I did like not this one. Not for babies. It's not for babies. It was like cool in like an English gothic way. I was like actively very interested in everything unfolding. Me too. Um, I thought Ellen was smart. I liked mm-hmm. her. I really appreciated that Ellen immediately understood that there were vampires. I <laughs> Rather than being like, huh, I wonder who this mysterious Count Dracula-like man stalking my great-great-grandmother in her diaries <laughs> is. Literally, I was so relieved it was at the end of a chapter and she has just finished reading this very extensive thing about this guy who's like very pale, very sickly, freaky teeth, freaky <laughs> teeth really freaky teeth. And uh, we get blood back into disorder. Ha- yeah, he's got this blood <laughs> disorder. He, he and his creepy like cousin are like, actively perhaps enthralling the great 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 grandpa every time he kisses her hand she f- she notices a tiny cut on her palm and afterward, she's so weird and she's like huh weird and so ellen finishes reading this and i fully expected her to be like what a strange mystery yeah what but- a mystery man of mystery <laughs> <laughs> but she's like okay well anyone can see it's vam- it's a vampire yeah she's like oh shit uh, this was a vampire <laughs> Yeah, and I, I loved that. I was that. so relieved. I was so relieved because so often in these books, the protagonist has to be dumber than we are to like try to keep a mystery up. But this book proves that it doesn't ruin yeah. it to be like playing at the top of your intelligence, so to speak. Yeah, well, because you can. Because you, you, you know it's a vampire. You know it's a vampire as the reader. Why are we beating around the bush? Like the moment when I texted you, like, oh, thank God she's not a yeah. stupid little idiot. It was when um, El- the- Ellen, the great great grandmother in the diaries, had just put, had just healed the cut on her hand with that like garlic, garlic and poultice. whatever thing. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and then the cat kisses that. it and he's like, <laughs> he literally. Scuttles away, hisses at her. What did you put on your fucking hand? (laughs) He's like, don't ever put that bullshit on you ever again. Peasant superstition bullshit. And the great great grandmother is like, oh, how strange. And then Ellen of present day closes the diary and she's like, well, it was the garlic. And I was like, God bless Ellen. Thank you, Ellen. Yes, it was the garlic, obviously. Obviously, it was the garlic. Bless you. I love, so when you do this, right, like when you have your character be smart, then your villain also has to be smart. And I I think it just proves yeah, that everybody like- everybody has to step up their game. Yes. So just have everyone be smart. Yeah. And there's still fear, right? We can know it's a vampire yeah, it's and still, not know how he's going to get her. Yeah, it's still how, tense. It's yes. still suspenseful. But like, if you've spelled it out to the point where the reader gets it, just have your character get it too. Yeah. There's no reason to pretend. 
Well, and I loved too why she was like, I see why I can see it so clearly and my great ancestor couldn't because I live in a world where pop culture makes constant reference to vampires and things. I know all the tropes. Yes. and, And yeah. It's so popularized. But back then, all they had was hmm, cultural. Dracula wasn't even no. written yet. Yeah, so they just had mythology. Yes, and whispers and yeah, and, and, and superstitions. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So I appreciated that. So it all worked for me. It did. Yeah, it did. Um, I wait. Can I? Because here's my cool. I there was something I didn't really fully understand, and I was like, well, maybe Lindsay can help me figure it out. <laughs> sure. So, okay, she has been sick for a long time. Oh, the, like, what she actually has? Yeah, what's... Yeah, I didn't get that either. I, I do wish that had been explained because, more because it seemed to Because all me, of a sudden she's healed after he's dead. So, so was he always here's causing it? my theory. Well, first, do you want to read the back of the book or do you want me to since you lent me your book? Yeah, well, <laughs> I have this one on Goodreads, so we'll okay, see if it yeah. matches. If it doesn't match, you should read yours too. Okay. Ellen Forrest is sick. She feels as if the life is being sucked out of her. The doctors think that she's suffering from a disease of the blood, and she's been sent to her grandmother's house to rest. But she seems to be getting worse, not better. Can it have anything to do with the diaries she's found in the attic? Diaries written in Victorian times by her great-great-grandmother. Diaries that describe an encounter with a handsome young count who comes from the land beyond the forest. Ellen likes a vampire story. Who doesn't? The difference is that this one just happens to be true. Well, that's kind of fun. This one is very different, and I think better. <laughs> Tell me, I think better. Um, so there's an additional tagline on the back: "A tale to make your blood run cold." Mm. The old leather-bound diary is just a diversion for Ellen Forrest at first. Sent to rest at her grandmother's house, she begins reading to take her mind off her mysterious illness. For no one knows why she's so pale and drawn, so bloodless. But the bizarre history that unfolds is so compelling, so strangely tangled up with her own life, that resting proves impossible. Ellen begins to feel even more drained than before. Could something be reaching across the centuries to claim her, bleeding her dry? Dot, 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 question mark. Ooh, true. That is so, like, pulpy. Yeah, that's much more, like, evocative of the tone. Yeah. Um, Because it is very, like, gothic horror, like... Yeah. Um, Yeah. So the situation with her disease, here's my theory. Okay. So for the listeners, we'll be jumping around a little bit and giving you information like far before anybody gets it in the book. That's okay. um, So Ellen of present day is her her namesake is her great great grandmother. Ellen. um, Ellen something McCallum. Anyway, so her Great-great-grandmother was actually a doctor in her time. One of the few... A lady doctor. A lady doctors. (laughs) Um, And she was a specialist. She was a specialist in, like, um, blood research. She was one of the, um, like, definitive... Like, she, she made huge gains that helped us understand that if a mother and child didn't share um what's it called so there's blood types not blood types but it's whether or not you're a positive or a negative Mm -hmm. so if you are a negative and your baby is a positive there is a danger because antibodies will 
form mm-hmm. and attack the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me go up. I had to get tested for this and I had to get um, a vaccine just in case Ramona, because I'm O negative. And so if Ramona was positive, oh, here it is. Okay, so her gra- great-great-grandmother was Ellen Laidlaw McMillan. Is that um, a real person? I don't know because this is real. So her tireless search for what is known as the rhesus factor, what she termed blood sinister, which is what the book takes its title from. Um, I'm Googling, which is all the tippy-typey. Ellen Laidlaw. McMillan. McMillan. Well, there is someone with that name. (laughs) I would not say that she's the doctor. (laughs) Hold on. Who discovered? The rhesus factor in pregnancy. So it's, it's the RH antibodies. Um, during a pregnancy, the RH antibodies, right? The RH factor is a protein that can be found on the surface of red blood cells. If your blood cells have this protein, you are RH positive. If your blood cells do not have this protein, you are RH negative. The positive or negative part of your blood type, such as O positive or A negative, refers to your RH status. During pregnancy, problems can occur if you are RH negative and your fetus is RH positive. Treatment can be given to prevent these problems. Um, mm. The RH factor is inherited. It's passed from parent to child through genes. The fetus can inherit the RH factor from the father or the mother. Most people are RH positive, me- meaning blah, blah, blah. So if the fetus um, doesn't inherit the RH factor from either the mother or the father, then the fetus is RH negative. When a woman is RH negative and her fetus is RH positive, it is called RH incompatibility. It is a problem because if when the blood of an RH positive fetus gets into the bloodstream of an RH negative woman, or excuse me, person, their body will recognize that the RH positive blood is not theirs. Their body will try to destroy it by making RH antibodies. These antibodies can cross the placenta and attack the fetus's blood cells. This can lead to serious health problems, even death for a fetus or a newborn. So that was the referring to like, that's why if, that's why the first child might be totally healthy but then every child after that they they were called like blue babies or something oh i remember hearing about this Mm -hmm. um they cause problems they do not occur during an rh negative woman's first pregnancy with an rh positive fetus this is because her body does their body does not yet have a chance to develop a lot of antibodies but if treatment is not given during the first pregnancy and the person later gets pregnant again with an RH positive fetus, they can make more antibodies. More antibodies put a future fetus at risk. So that's what that was that phenomenon. So I received like a, a medication to prevent me from developing those antibodies because my blood is O negative. Mm. But then it turned out when Ramona was born, her blood is also negative. So mm. she she doesn't have RH positive blood either. And so it was fine oh interesting mm-hmm. uh i looked up who discovered the rh factor mm-hmm. uh and it was carl landsteiner and a.s weiner so so it was not ellen laidlaw mcmillan it was not ellen laidlaw mcmillan who, who basically discovered it because of vampires uh-huh. in her life yep <laughs> so she so this is so she took a real thing and changed that's so interesting that is interesting i like it me too. Um, I'm fine with it. It would be yeah. weird if it was a real person, actually. Yeah, that would be kind of weird. And I, I guess I it'd think, be like, like then you could be sued. Um, yeah, or like um, <laughs> what's it called? Um, like Abraham Lincoln killing vampires or whatever, or killing yeah, it's zombies. Like or... Historical fiction. <laughs> yeah, I guess if somebody is like 
this long gone you can't be um it says but so so ellen is reading the like a, a diary of hers from like later in her life after the whole uh, vampire issue blew, blew over. Um, it says, there is a definite pattern to this. Each of the women has a healthy first child, but subsequent babies are stillborn or die at birth or soon after. The midwives know the pattern. They do not use the correct medical term. They just call them blue babies. There must be a reason. If there is, why don't we know? Why can't we cure it? I was thinking about this last night when I seemed to hear a voice. It was the countess. I have not thought about her or her cousin or that whole strange interlude for years, not since father died. But I could hear her as clear as if she was in the same room. The accent, the tone, unmistakable. Carrying a child interfered somehow. Maybe one blood fights another. Who knows? It set me thinking. It is not type. We know that. There must be some other difference in the blood of mother and child. Like right hand, left hand. Something opposite. There so you go. It, it was that comment. So what it is, is my my theory or interpretation of what present day Ellen, Ellen's condition is, is I think that when her, when great, great grandmother, Ellen's mother, Isabel was starting to like, want to become a vampire with what's his face with the count and countess. Mm -hmm. I think they started changing her already. Oh, interesting. But then the baby like made it so they couldn't fully change her. Because their blood conflicted. Mm -hmm. But then the baby and, had some of the. Yeah. Like, her and, then blood? The, and then, but it was like it changed her DNA and the baby carried that DNA with her and passed it, passed down, it down through the lineage. Ellen sort of, rather than ending up with like positive or negative blood, ended up with like vampire blood. <laughs> right. Which is why he was so obsessed with her. I get, I, yeah. And I think that. It was like in the vampire lore in this book, it's like once you feed on someone, their blood, their life force continues to feed you. Right. Because as she got weaker, he'd be stronger. Yeah. And once he's and once Jenny gives him the poison and he weakens Ellen. Now Ellen immediately starts feeling better. Mm -hmm. So I think the lore is that like through the DNA or something. It's like you feed your sire or something. Mm -hmm. That's my... That makes sense. So it's not it. like an actual... I was like, maybe she has something like where she has too many blood cells because he seems to have some kind of sickle cell situation. Because remember they looked at his blood? Yeah, that was what I was... I, I was confused about that. I was like, so was the disease great-great-grandmother Ellen's father treating the disease of being a vampire or was it something else i thought it was that she had some disease where she had too many blood cells i'm gonna google mm -hmm. disease where mm -hmm. you have what? too much blood it auto completed get this polycythemia vera is a rare blood disorder in which there's an increase in all blood cells particularly red blood cells the increase in blood cells makes your blood thicker. It can lead to strokes or tissue and organ damage. Hmm. Um, yeah, it I don't can know. be managed I, for very long periods of time. Yeah, I couldn't tell if I don't know they were supposed to have an actual like human disorder or a vampire disorder. I don't know because it was not clear. She didn't yeah, like say like oh it was, like, not oh, expanded it was this. on. Because <laughs> that was the other thing was that 
So then you know what? I think he you're dies right. And she's fine forever. Yeah, she's fine. So I think you're right. And it's that it was passed like down through the blood. And she only started becoming sick because he was waking up. Mm-hmm. Because remember, he like was not around because he was like sunken in a boat or whatever. Or maybe no, because for centuries he he was posing as a doctor through like wars and stuff and just feeding on people that seemed like they were about to die oh. anyway. Well then her mom was fine and maybe, her grandma was fine. Maybe he snuck into her room and bit her at some point. Was there a hint of that at the beginning? Because I can't he remember. Was, he was very clear that it was like I'm coming after you as like payback. Yes. For what for your great great grandmother did to did. me and my family. Yeah. Like and the she looks just dies. like her and has the same name. What's that all about? Yeah. Riddle me that. I love that trope of somebody looking exactly I like I, uh, an ancestor. I fucking I I eat it up. It's yum, yum, so yum. scary and cool where it's, it's like, spooky. why do I look just like them? Like, oh my God, am then, I them? <laughs> but like also the ancestor experienced some very creepy end or horrible. Mm-hmm, and you're like, mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. it me as well? Oh am God, I also? Is that happen to me? Or did I survive that knowing that? <laughs> I, literally, oh I was God, like, so is special. she is she her? I was like, is she Ellen? Like, did she fall she asleep does, or something? Because when she's especially sick, she see, she keeps dreaming about being the ancestor. Ancestor Ellen. I love that trope too. Me too. Where it's like, I'm dreaming. Oh my gosh, I'm there. I'm experiencing it. Am I them? I don't know. Because I couldn't know these things. There's no reason I should know these things. (laughs) Right. Because things happen in her dreams that later she reads the books and she's Uh like, this hasn't happened in the book yet or in the diary yet. Mm -hmm. Mm, Lots to think about. (laughs) I do like, I could... I loved all of the elements of this book. Mm-hmm. I would say I just, I merely liked the book though. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I just enjoyed, enjoy, <clears throat> yeah. enjoyed it. I think <clears throat> it could have been better. I like, there could have been much more to present day Ellen's life. Like Celia mm-hmm. Reese is clearly mostly interested in the past. Oh yeah. So then um, maybe just make it be just about the past. Yeah. But it is a cool concept of like how it plays out in the future. But it's just like the, weirdly the present seems to be an afterthought it's not like the bulk of the story at all um jenny is a character introduced way too late in the game oh my god woefully underdeveloped and as we discussed like some some uh (laughs) some asian othering yeah so the way that she's introduced literally in the first paragraph is that she's um the nurse attending because ellen does have to go to the hospital at one point because um she She just like is so weak she's so weak because she got so much blood sucked out of her her heart almost or her heart does stop yes and then that's when she has a lot of very scary dreams um but then she wakes up and she's in the hospital and she's being attended to by this nurse. And um, I did like, there were two things that I did like about this. One being that I'm not saying all doctors or all nurses, but oftentimes patients have a closer relationship with their nurses because they see them much more often. For sure. Nurses have a much better bedside manner. Yes. And that doctors you're in their control 
right? Like yeah. your life is in their hands. And so I felt like that was really good. Like it was really well explored in this book with the metaphor of like, this guy's literally a vampire. Um, and then I also liked too, and I saw this in a review, so I am stealing this, but I, mm-hmm. I agree mm-hmm. that um, the like abuser aspect of it with the past Ellen and the count, because every time she hangs out with him, she's like, I feel like I did something wrong, but I don't think I did. Mm-hmm. But anytime she does something out of societal norms. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. and then he, Anytime she does something out of what he wants her to do as well. Yeah, he, he gets mean. Gets really mean. Um, but again, she's really drawn to him for other reasons. And like, I like kind of how it didn't make past Ellen look like an idiot for being in this relationship with the Count. Because it's like, oh, we get it. You were like pulled by his there are things sometimes about abusers that pull you in and Mm -hmm. there is a reason why they're so dangerous. Um, But anyway, so, okay. So she's in the hospital. She meets this nurse and she's like, oh, this nurse is Chinese. And then she's like, hold on. (laughs) Hold the phone. Because you're Chinese. Yeah. Why are your eyes gray? Why are your slanting eyes gray? And she's like obsessed with this. Like, is staring, staring at this nurse, can't figure her out. She's like, what? Like, she's never seen a mixed race person before. This is the deal. She really hasn't because then Jenny, the nurse, Mm -hmm. is like, oh, I understand your confusion. Also, poor Jenny has to deal with this all the time, right? You know, Because she's like, I know exactly what you're confused about. It is that I look Asian, but I have light eyes. And that's because my father is what is it her father's chinese and her, her mother mother's english. english yeah and so she's like so i get it stare all you want which i was like hmm well she doesn't say that here i'll read the i'll read what does she say because she's so, like she's like go ahead and look it's okay and she says Jenny's, it's okay but it's it cut it, and it actually it doesn't go on for i think as long as you're remembering no it was just while i was experiencing it you know when you can't find your way forever yeah (laughs) yeah and you're like where is this place but then when you come back you're like oh it wasn't that far yeah Um, so it says um the nurse returned her weak smile with warmth and humor she was young not very much older than ellen herself and very pretty with creamy clear skin and slanting eyes which Ellen noted with surprise, were gray, not black or brown. Her shiny dark hair was pinned neatly under back under her cap. She wore the belt of an SRN and her uniform was immaculate. Blah, blah, blah. Nothing about it. Nothing about it. Um, blah, blah, blah. Just talking about blood. Blood, blood, blood. Blood, blood, blood. Blood, blood, blood. Blood, blood, blood. Tears of fear and self-pity. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, right. Well, uh, I, but when I she actually started, really like She was too weak part. to stop. Oh, my gosh. How stupid can you get? Slapping on the shoulder of complete throat. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> just kidding. Um, it was a nice moment. I'm just being facetious. Oh, yeah, no. Um, I also really like the moment when she is, like, really feeling bad for herself. Like, when she's like, oh, my God, I almost fucking died. Like, that feeling when you finally realize something that's happened to you and you're 
understanding it fully yeah. and you feel bad for yourself like that did feel very real and yeah. i i liked that detail no it's actually a nice moment um but so, so it ends with here jenny took a tissue from the box and dried her eyes don't apologize we all need a good cry you can do the same for me sometime blow that's it feel better ellen nodded and then here it starts again again she noticed her eyes they really were startling I'm sorry, I didn't mean to stare. Jenny smiled. That's okay. My father is Chinese, but my mother is English. Now, we'd better get you sorted out. Looking your best. Dr. Stacy will be around in a minute. So she she addresses it. She's like, it's fine. Here's why. We're done talking about it now. Right. Um, so and then it just it. shares. Yeah, so she's obviously very used to it being <laughs> being in uh, England. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just goes into like in the her 90s. background because they talk and and bond but that's actually the last but then it is mentioned again there's when some Andy like little details her. of like her slanting eyes just like offhanded things which yeah i will say as a whole that it's weird okay so i have a i i have a thought mm-hmm. um i actually think and i'm not a monolith i don't represent every asian person in the world but personally speaking but you do to me whenever i need advice yes. if you need advice every day i'm like kelly with the asians how do i talk to this asian person <laughs> um but i will say like i feel like it's become very reactionary to be like oh well you can never say anything nice about any physical aspect of any person mm mm-hmm. mhm because you can't ever do physical compliments, which to me is, I don't it's know. Like, it's tricky because it's like, okay, you're describing how characters look. I understand. It's I just like mean she's trying to get across something. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you're trying to describe what this character looks like. That's fine. But the thing is, like, it's not like with any of the white characters eyes you were like. Exactly. And they were oh so round. Yeah, and and I think you recognize it othering when you see it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if it's like, oh, her exotic, slanting, almond-shaped eyes and her mischievous countenance and her, like... And the, like, um, golden glow to her yeah, skin. exactly. Like, <laughs> and her shiny, and, like, glossy hair. Like, and this is not the worst example we've seen. No. It's just, like, the tiniest little... Tinge. It's 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 just it's like when someone's well-meaning aunt tells me I have pretty skin. I'm like, okay, I'll take it. That's fine. And or I know, like, oh my god, you're so lucky to be mixed race because, like, it just like it. You have the most beautiful features. Like, oh, okay, that is a little <laughs> gross. Yeah, when someone is like, oh my god, like I used to know someone who used to tell me that me and my ex. Mm, would make really cute babies and i was like honestly no we wouldn't (laughs) (laughs) but also like it was very ick to me especially because that person was white honestly i think that i used to have this thought of just like but it's tricky because it's like it's like yeah when you really mix the gene pool like No, but that's you the thing. When like you do it, it you, it's better. <laughs> yeah. It is better. And so it's like, it's, but it's just like a very tricky line to be like recognizing that, like, I think you can personalize it. You can personalize it. Yeah. Without, as opposed to being but there's like, a way well, that you race. do it where you fit, like, you, like, there's a way to, I don't know. It's just like you don't have to talk about it. It's the thing. I like, guess. <laughs> 
But also, I don't, I think it's like, not dangerous, but just like, it's overly cautious to be like, you can never comment on anyone's physical attributes ever. Right? I mean, that's wild. Because like, I, so something I've been doing lately is I've been um, uh, like directing these headshot sessions um, that Lucas has been shooting. Mm -hmm. And like, there are backdrops that don't look good for white people <laughs> like mm-hmm. specifically like there are some people who who like you don't want to put lime green behind a white person exactly whereas like i have one of my favorite tops is a lime green top that i get lots of compliments on it's chartreuse um but like imagine that on a white a british person. person yeah a british person on a british person a british white person and then we no it just wouldn't work out mm-hmm. um but yeah, so like there, I remember like we had a backdrop down um, for one of my white friends who had, it's just like a color theory thing. And I know that that not like in a racist way, but like literally color theory of being like, this is the opposite color wheel. Like this is the opposite of this color. And these are the complementary colors. Mm-hmm. But like literally we had uh, someone who he had like pinkish undertones. And I was like, I want to see him in front of the blue backdrop because that will look really good. Whereas like I have a lot of olive undertones. Green's Mm -hmm. not, I mean, blue's not my color. My color is green. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to say this person should be canceled. I'm not going to write a thread about, oh my gosh, this This person's terrible. If it's like, if it's like, I don't know, imagine, right? Like your boyfriend's aunt, and I keep saying boyfriend's aunt because this did happen to me for an ex, um, makes a comment about, oh, your skin is so pretty. Um, or like, she was just like, oh, your features are so like sharp and like, um, what's the word? Striking. Mm-hmm. To me, I'm like, I'm not gonna go to battle with this person over this because that's such a, why even waste my energy on something like that? I'll just take the compliment, which is that she thinks that I'm pretty or whatever. She thinks I'm unique looking or whatever. And I think it's okay to tell someone you have, like, very nice skin. I guess if it's, like... It just depends on how you're saying it. Like, are you saying it in a way that makes somebody feel like they're kind of, like, other? Or are you saying it in a way that's just, like, purely, like, oh, my gosh, you have beautiful skin. And, like, you just leave it at that. Instead of, like, oh, my gosh, you have beautiful skin. It must be because of your your Asian... Like, yeah, your Asian influence. (laughs) Um, your, your your influence from the Orient. Yes, the, exactly. Like, it's like yeah. Whereas, like, I I feel like there are obviously right harmful microaggressions and whatever. But I think okay, yeah. Is it the first thing you're ever saying to me? Like, are you introducing yourself and then just immediately barfing out that I have pretty skin? Then that's weird. But did you just look at my skin and genuinely think like, wow, yeah, she has really beautiful skin, and I want her to know that. That's Which was crazy because my skin w- is just, better now than it was then. Sort so of I don't depends know. on intention and why you're saying it. Right. Like, are you saying it because, like, hey, I'm trying to make you feel more included, included. by making you feel weird? Yeah, by making you feel really weird. <laughs> it's like I want you to know that I interact with other Asian people and that that's very cool of me. <laughs> right. Right. It's normal. It's normal that you're so your, Asian. <laughs> your otherness is so normal to me that I'm, good, in fact, <laughs> going to call it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, I think. And yeah. so it's like this description of Jenny was like a little bit that. And if you 
if you add in, and, and I think this is a theme with a lot of content aimed at teens or books like this, where it's like the white main character has a character of color that's her friend who's like, I will die for you. And it's like, why? Because also Jenny has just met Ellen and she's like, oh, I'll switch places with you and poison myself with this stuff so that way he can drink it and die. And I understand that that plan does make sense because they don't know what it will do. And currently Ellen is too weak to drink the poison, the Chinese poison. Mm -hmm. Um but also, if you just kind of look at it for what it is, it's kind of like, oh, this Asian character is saying, oh, don't worry. This whole situation that I've never even heard of, this guy, like this girl I've just met today, I will potentially die for her. Because who knows what's going to happen to her if she gets sucked on. It makes no sense. And I don't understand. Here's, I think what should have happened is that Ellen should have been in the hospital from the get-go. Mm, Jenny scary. should have been there the whole time bonding like with her as her nurse. Yes. Scary. And it should have been like Ellen, Andy, Jenny, trio the whole damn book. The whole time. Instead of Jenny like 20 pages before the end of the book. I know. And then all of a sudden she's like willing to die for this girl just because she like had kind of an inkling something was up at this hospital from before. Because mm-hmm. I would have liked to that we have this one person who's within the system that also is, she can't put her finger on why Mm -hmm. she thinks something's up with this doctor, which I love that too, of kind of this thing of, a lot of times women know when someone is a fucking creep. We know, you can tell. And it's always really interesting when people are like, oh, they are, and it's like, yeah, bro. Yeah, we can smell that. Yeah. so yeah, I would have, I, I agree. I think it would have been really cool if she, maybe she's in the hospital the whole time, um, but she's trying to keep up with her schoolwork. So she's doing a project yeah. on her fucking grandma. And um, I did like the details though of her going on these little dates with this boy and trying to be like, okay, I'm not super tired out, but also I'm very tired from doing this. And I like that he reacted well to her believing in vampires because at first he was like uh but then he was like guess what actually i do believe you and i have reason to believe in vampires because i had a creepy thing happen to me when i was younger smart that is such a smart way to have somebody be on board instead of going like um ellen i think that is actually and i didn't even think about it till you brought it up another thing i like about this book me too is that we don't have everybody fucking gaslighting ellen the whole time no, nope. is that Andy is like instead of being like Ellen, don't you think maybe you're just a little overtired? <laughs> it's like he has an experience to draw from that makes him just like predisposed to believe. Boom, yeah. handled. He all and I loved that he instantly was like, I have my own reasons for believing in vampires, and I really want to see those books because mm-hmm. I need to figure out my own really weird thing I had to happen to me in a cemetery. Mm-hmm. Which is like really smart. Um, but so she, um, this author also consulted with a few um, uh, Chinese people from the, uh, what's it called? The, uh, oh, uh, the, the mythology called? Uh, well, I just mean, sh- which we learn from her dedication. Oh, um, I didn't know which For Jiangxi, um, yeah. which are Chinese vampires. And apparently um, it's a pretty accurate description of them. That's good. 
Um, but yeah, yeah it's good that she wasn't just like making shit up. <laughs> no, and I like too that it's like no, uh, vampires are pretty much all around, and that's why we all have different mythologies for them. And uh, the poison used to get rid of them in one culture will probably get rid of them in another, and it works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so just, basically, I would have liked it if Jenny was more of a character throughout because Jenny is the one who saves the day. Yeah, she literally does saves them. Literally saves them. Because mm-hmm. um, basically she's like, oh yeah, we have Jiangxi. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Apologies. Um, and those are basically vampires. They're undead. Uh, and I'm going to go and try and find um, maybe some kind of thing we can use to get rid of the doctor because she instantly is like what well, first she's like i don't know really but also he's always sketched me out and he's being really weird about trying to make you go to his hospital and weird things happen at that hospital the private hospital oh my god i wanted more time there that was so creepy yeah it, like the it really like the book like ends a little quick yeah because it could have had like kind of a shutter island feel right like where you're trapped yeah oh cool yeah. <laughs> And there, yeah, it could have been like Ellen trapped there while Andy and Jenny are like trying to figure out how to get her out. Yeah. It just seems like more of a meal could have been made at that hospital. Yeah. I think that Celia Reese was probably having a lot of fun writing the olden time stuff. Yes. (laughs) Because that shit was fun. I did Mm -hmm. really like when we were in the past. Yeah, I agree. I I liked, I thought, um, I liked all the characters. I liked the descriptions of things i liked the world me too um also i liked too that her grandma kept giving her these milky ass drinks and she was like yeah (laughs) (laughs) she was like i can't do this um but i wondered when she like wasn't hungry so do you know what my theory was what it was that she was a vampire at first because i thought maybe she was a product of the vampire well, that's what I think. To her. Yeah, that's what I think it is, is that she has like vampire genes. Wait, so do you think that she Well, wait. So do you think I think that, she would have been turned in? I think the her problem is she wasn't drinking blood. So, okay. Oh, so she was being turned into a vampire. Ah, like Darla <laughs> in Angel. Have you seen that? Yes, it's been a little while though, and I don't remember the details. Lindsay, it's so sad. So yeah, like her storyline on that that show, gave, God, Joss Whedon must have been so fucking depressed at the time. I know. Well, he was also he was like so fucked up. He gave everybody just the the most fucked storylines. I know. Poor Wesley too. Poor um, Wesley. Poor Fred. Poor. I mean, obviously, poor Cordelia. Poor that was a Connor. Issue. Poor Angel. Poor. Literally poor everyone. Literally just got the most fucked up storyline. Yeah, but Darla, like she she gets pregnant with um, a baby, and it's a human baby. It's not a vampire like her. So temporarily, she has a soul, and she knows that once the baby is born, she won't have one anymore, and she won't be able to love the baby. So she kills herself. She stakes herself. Oh, wow. Yeah, I do remember that. And so then, sad. like, just the baby is left there? Yeah, the baby's left there. And, like, and I think alley? that's Connor. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then Connor gets kidnapped to another dimension. It's just like the that show is really fucked. 
It is really fucked. The and more I also, think about it in this moment, I'm like, that show's deeply disturbed. Yeah. And Connor was very annoying. Yes, he's very, very annoying. But he does things that are annoying. When but, they bring him back after like erasing his memory, I think he's so funny. He's so funny. <laughs> he's so funny. And Vincent Carthizer. fixes everything. Yeah. Yeah, really. So funny. But I mean, also, here's the other thing. I used to really hate Connor, like actively want him dead, hated him, yeah. hated him. Yep, yep, yep. But upon rewatch, mm-hmm. you, I don't know. I grew. I had empathy for him. I was like, I don't know. You him. were in a fucking hell dimension for yeah, your he whole was life. In a hell dimension, it's and not, you were told your whole life that Angel's evil, and it's Wesley's fault. <laughs> Wesley, <laughs> fucking Wesley, you fucking Mark. I know, you fucking stupid idiot. I know, such oh, a schlemiel. Man. Maybe I should rewatch that fucked show. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> it is so good. And but God, um, God, what Joss did to Cordelia on that show. I mean, that so was so awful. unbearable and so unfair. And I feel <sighs> so bad for Charisma Carpenter. Worst. That especially, I don't, I haven't done a rewatch since knowing that the storyline was made because he was either. dealing with her rejection. Yeah. Um, it's, it'd probably be pretty painful. I just wanted Cordelia and Angel to be able to be together. It's so fucked. That show is so fucked. I know. Dude, the moment that... Oh, my God. Do you remember when Wes is dying? I literally have goosebumps right now. When he's dying. And uh, Illyria um, changes into Fred. Yeah, she says, do you want me to lie to you? And he says yes. And so she pretends to be Fred. So he dies in her arms. I can't. And then... I. But unfortunately, it's like... Illyria is probably my favorite character. On I love show. Illyria. I fucking love her. And I love that actress. And I Me don't too. understand why that actress didn't get a bigger career. She was so good. She's so pretty. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's so pretty. So she's good. so good. Um, she was even good in like um a show that I kind of don't really like, Dollhouse. I thought she was really good in that. Yep. Um I I also don't really like Dollhouse, and yet I find myself wanting to rewatch it and I'll think about it. <laughs> Often. I was just, I mean, I it's because I was read somebody's like ode to charisma carpenter essay. <laughs> and so then I started thinking about Dollhouse again. But like that show really got it some issues. Like the the Sierra storyline. Oh my god. So fucked up. That's when that show is like, oh, it's dark. You know what though? You know what's so fucked knowing about the dollhouse thing? That he was what part of how he was cheating on his wife was like paying for girlfriend experiences. Well, I, th- that's kind of what I was about to say. I, one, yeah. I did not know that, but two, <laughs> that, that lines up perfectly yeah. with, it's like, you know what Joss Whedon thinks of himself because Topher is the stand in character for Joss Whedon. And he is not only the fucking worst, but it, the world ending is his fault. I know and everybody he... is being like constantly raped against their will over and over again and like these people are being put in these like storytelling scenarios because of him i know but don't worry Lindsay. he saves the world at the end by um giving up himself he gave himself to save everyone yeah but he's also like a sad pathetic little idiot who's like out of his fucking mind (laughs) also this is the other thing um the thing that couldn't stick for me was the echo romance with the oh FBI my God. agent. I, th- I love that actor on Battlestar Galactica and I fucking hate him on Dollhouse. He's so nothing. He's so nothing. I don't give two shits about. And also their storyline ends really weird. It's so weird. I was like, 
how am I supposed to think this is romantic that she just like implants him in his in her head in and her then head. they hang out? And I was like, that's not him. That's also that's not Black him. Mirror. It's really weird because there is a Black Mirror about that. There you go. Um, that's how fucked it is. It's a Black Mirror episode. Yeah, uh, uh, Ryan and I, um, we actually like started to record a podcast covering I that show. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. We never got around to releasing it because we only did like four episodes, I think. And then later, like we were just talking, she's like, "Can you imagine if we had released that?" And it was like <laughs> around the time that everyone was finding out all this shit about him, and we're just like, "Well, oh, it's not my like God. you were." We were not saying it was good. We were actually yeah. like, a lot of this is bad. Yeah, um, no, season one sucks. But it, yeah. season one also sucks because of like network notes. Yeah, and there were some standout ones and some of the actors are so good. Like the guy oh that plays God. the one who loves me, uh, Echo. Victor, Victor. Victor and Sierra. Oh, oh my God, OTP, OTP. Victor and Sierra are the the best thing about that show. Ab- like I know. 100%. That actor is so good. When he has he, to imitate different, he's so. I'm literally getting goosebumps thinking about him. He's he so good. What else is he in? Career. Oh, I forget the other thing I saw him on a while later, and I was like, "Oh my god, Victor!" <laughs> was he good? Yeah, he's great. I just don't understand why he didn't. Enver Gyokach. Yeah. Okay, hold on. We're gonna see what else he's been in. Oh, he's working. Oh, he was an Agent Carter. Yep, that's what it was. Yeah. And then he's been in NCIS Hawaii. Apparently, I don't watch that show. Eh, good for him. He was oh, he so good in Dollhouse. <laughs> huh? He looks very handsome on that show. He in the uniform. He looks so Hello. good. <laughs> Hello, Enver. Mommy likey. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he was in seven episodes of that. Maybe he's on it now. Oh, no. You know what? He probably was just a series regular. Oh, he looks so... I'm looking at his IMDb. Are you, is that that picture you were looking at? Seven episodes. He looks great. He looks better now than he's... He's He's been aging so well. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That uniform. <laughs> really works for him. <laughs> he looks like better at this age even. I know. He looks so good. Enver, mm-hmm. don't call me because I'm married, but call me. <laughs> <laughs> Just slide into the DM. Call me. We'll be friends. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll hook you up with my sister. There we go. <laughs> Why? So then you can just lust after your sister's boyfriend? No, just because I like him. Uh, we'll it's just fine. have like a lot of pool I parties. can divorce <laughs> myself from my libido. <laughs> um, just because he also seems like a good guy. He does. We don't We don't know that for sure, but he we does seem like that. a good person. Mm-hmm. Honestly, he seems honorable. <laughs> Honestly, I just get this vibe from him that he's like an honorable person. <laughs> He just seems like he has a deep well of integrity. I don't know what it is mm. about him. Maybe it's his jawline. <laughs> Ryan was telling me, I don't know if I told you about this. She's been watching um uh fuck uh the ultimatum queer love. Have you seen I the show? Do you this. know about the show? No. Lindsay, this show is cursed. Okay. So it's called The Ultimatum, and it's where one of the couples he wants to get twin. married. I'm sorry. What? Enver has a twin. Oh, shit. (laughs) Fuck. Fuck. (laughs) There's two of them. (gasps) Fucking shit. Um, Anyway, sorry, you were saying. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) 
Ryan watching Ultimatum. Ultimatum. So Ultimatum is there's couples, right? One in the couple wants to be married. The other doesn't. So they go on a reality show where it's a bunch of other couples like that. And they're supposed to break up and date around and then see if they still want to get married. Cursed. Absolutely cursed. cursed. Demonic. Right. And then so there's this one. uh, There's a there's a spinoff called uh, Ultimatum Queer Love. And she was saying that there's this one girl who is like um, this like 20 something Instagram model. She's like blonde and has giant tits. And all the other uh, people on the show are like, there's just something about her, you know, like, I don't know what it is. Like, there's just like, she just seems so present. And like, there's something I don't know. She, there's something there's something about her. And Ryan's like, yeah, it's her big giant tits because there's literally nothing interesting about her. (laughs) But everyone's like, wow, like, I'm just so connected to her. I don't know what it is. I guess it's that the magnetism of her breasts. (laughs) Hold on. I'm going to show you because also this girl knows what she's doing. Like every one of her pictures is like tits first. Um, Let me see. Uh, Ultimatum queer love contestants. Um, Images. Um, copy image location. I'm going to send it to you in a chat. You'll know which person I'm talking about. I would think. Because <laughs> there's three people in this image. Oh, it made me download the picture. That's weird. Okay, I sent it. Waiting, Rudin. Oh, you put it in the chat. Um, Enver is in Invasion Season 2 on Apple. Oh, he is? He's mm, still working. One? Gosh, what is it about her? What is it about her, what Lindsay? About her? I mean, she is also very beautiful. She's very beautiful. And she's got that like sweet, sweet girl vibes. Girl look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But literally but, like, everyone's like, other I don't two know. women are also gorgeous. I know. <laughs> Gosh, what is it about her? Like, they're just like, wow, she's just like, I'm just so connected to her. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't say. I couldn't put my finger on it if you <sighs> held the gun to my head. <laughs> but also, if you go on that show, there's no way you actually think your relationship's going to be saved. No. What are you doing? If they don't want to marry you and you're trying to do an ultimatum, then it's it's not going to happen. Mm -mm. Don't do an ultimatum. Just be like, we want different things. Goodbye. The ultimatum is I want to do ultimatum. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you've already done it. It's mission accomplished. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Message received. Mm -hmm. Um, This has nothing to do with anything, but have you signed on to threads yet? No, I'm afraid to use it because if I want to delete it, then I have to delete Instagram. Really? Wait, what? Yes, Lindsay. Excuse me? Yeah. If you want to delete your Threads account, you have to delete your Instagram. They fucking trap you? Yeah. I haven't done it yet because of that. Why, and also, like, I, need to delete I account, am very different on my Twitter than I am on my Instagram. Yeah. And like my family follows me on Instagram. <laughs> oh, dear. So I'm like, I don't need them to see what I'm up to. Yeah. In a Twitter um, sphere. I read somebody tweeted something funny about threads. It was and I retweeted it. It was um, threads is diluting the boundary between the real world and the shadow world. Oh, I'm I've seen afraid. This. Yes. The Instagram self. Yes. Charming, chill, appropriately normal should never bleed into the Twitter self burdened by the gift of prophecy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm like, I can't. I don't, People don't. <laughs> they don't need to know what I'm up to and what I'm like, really like, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I have not signed up to it yet because of the whole you're trapped thing. 
also I'm like, maybe I just don't do another thing like Twitter. This person who tweeted that is actually <laughs> <laughs> got voted most likely to date just some guy. And well, upon reflection, it's true. I find beauty in the mundane. <laughs> That's funny. The liminality of bisexuality. If a tree says bisexual men who date women are still bisexual and nobody is around to hear it, does the bisexual cease to exist? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um oh right but so basically what they do in this book <laughs> is um jenny's like okay uh this doctor well we haven't even really explained really quick i'm going to explain because we haven't really explained so this girl ellen she's sick um she doesn't really know why she has a blood thing um she is sent to live with her grandmother to like convalesce i guess um she goes upstairs into the attic where she always liked to go as a child. Um, she finds these diaries. The diaries are like, I have a vampire in my life. And it's her grandmother, great, great, great grandmother, whatever. And she's like, oh, my God, how scary. Uh, and then she reconnects with this boy, Adam, Andy. Andy. Andy, who she knew from her childhood, who had a scary experience at the cemetery um, and as a child. And they reconnect and she's like, oh, my gosh, he's so cute. And he very obviously likes her. Uh, he believes her instantly. They're both kind of investigating vampires. They um, uh, she becomes more and more sick. Uh, there is a being that's like drinking blood from her at night. She uh, meets this person, this doctor in the hospital when she gets put there. And it's. Oh my gosh, the vampire from the diaries. Uh, she also meets this nurse who is half Asian. And <laughs> the, half nurse, Asian. the nurse is like, oh, um, I always thought he was kind of shady. Also, people that seem like they're going to get better definitely die at his creepy hospital, private hospital that he has. Um, and he's, he's like, good news, I'm transferring you. So then the nurse, Jenny, and Andy team up to uh, put together a poison for the vampire. Jenny concocts a plan where she will trade places with uh, Emma at night. Ellen at night. I'm sorry. Ellen yes. at night. <laughs> and um, she gets Ellen's hair cut short so they look the same, at least from behind. Uh, she trades spots with her. She drinks the poison. Um, he drinks the poison. It makes him sleepy. He has to go back to his grave. Uh, all three of them go and try to uh, attack him while he's down. Um, he, they have like a final fight. Uh, how is he vanquished? So he, once he drinks Jenny's blood and the poison is in his system, he has to return to his like family crypt. He has to return to his coffin to recover. He can't just like go recover in his room in the hospital. He goes there. Um, it's like a family mausoleum in the cemetery right across from uh, Ellen's house. Um, and Jenny has these papers that are imbued with spells from her um, like Chinese medicine acupuncturist um, practicing uncle. And she lays the spells on certain like points on his body and then lays these threads that also have spells on them 
Oh, right. They're going to dissolve him. like gossamer. Yeah. And it's, he touches it's supposed them. to dissolve into him and like permanently disable him or, or so, like make him even weaker so that then Andy can drive a stake through his heart. And Jenny is able to do this. But then Andy's digital watch goes off because apparently he has his watch set to just like chime every hour and it goes off a little early right as the sun is setting. Um, <laughs> the count wakes up. He thinks he's got them. They run. But just as he's about to start moving, the threads actually like do their job. They become like a sticky netting on him. Mm-hmm. The movement, the, the crypt is like very unstable because it's so old and hasn't been renovated. The movement disturbs the <laughs> like uh, structural integrity of the crypt. Things start falling down around him. And then in a comical manner, the things that fall on him are a giant wooden beam through his heart and then a stone comes That's right. and like beheads him at the same time <laughs> so thank you architecture for not lasting forever mm-hmm. i forgot that he gets that that happens to him that's very funny it is very funny he's like i have you bitches and then he's like wait what is this stuff on me <laughs> and then he's like whoa no <laughs> oh yeah he's like haha i am so strong yeah i'm um, so very strong these peasant spells are also ineffective i have you forever now you stupid mortals what is this stuff yeah he's like what's happening to me <laughs> it's like almost in slow motion he sees what's about to happen to him yep and that's um, how they win and that's how they win and, then and ellen is totally fine and that's it but they're friends forever <laughs> But they never talk about it. Mm-hmm. They never talk about it, but they're best oh, right. friends forever. They can't talk about it. It's too much. But they are best friends forever, which I thought was cute. But I wish that we could have seen more friendship in the book. Me too. That's what I'm saying is Jenny just should have been a character the whole time. Ah, well, say lovey. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I liked this one. I'd say read it. It's avail- It's pretty widely available. Uh, you can buy it on um, you know any any used bookseller. They have lots of copies. Um. So thank you everybody for listening. Yeah, we really appreciate you. We sure do. <laughs> thank um, you, especially to our Patreon producers. Uh, if you would like to become a member on Patreon and get access to more <laughs> content, he- you can do so at Patreon.com. Uh, is it slash Teen Creeps? Mm-hmm. My brain flew right out of my head. Slash Teen Creeps. But a special shout out to our Patreon producers, Adam Howitz. Amanda Kay, Amy T, Anne Dwyer, Caitlin L, Carrie H, Courtney McPhail, Danielle Lamana, Danny B, Drew Aranas, Ellie Lagos, Emma, Emma M, Aaron B, Gabriella Santiago, Gwendolyn Ludovic, Hannah L, Jason H, Jeremy Kronk, Jeremy Goodfell and Marco Pavlicic, Jessica Smith-Harper, Jesse T, Jessica Yu, Jonathan Venable, Kat Miller, Katie Olsner, Keith Anderson, Kelly Burns, Carrie N, Landry Desmond, Larry Nguyen, Laura Hooper, Maddie M, Megan Lozier, Melody, Micah Eunice, <laughs> Miguel Camacho, Miranda Hester, Molly G, Molly Marks, Noah Spargo, Nora Orion, Rachel C, Randy Clett, Rebecca Goss, Robert F, Rogue Kalahua, Sasha Gibson, Sylvie T, Victoria Beck, and Whitney E. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. We will see you next week. Until then, keep it creepy. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. 
Executive produced by Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.